Michael T.O. Football Show. My name is Miles. Wildcard Sunday. A blowout sandwich. The two seeds handling the seven seeds easily in the morning and the night. Afternoon game was good. Michael T.O. Football Show, episode 47. The show is football everything. Legacy, history, ups and downs of the season. A healthy reverence for internet memes. Follow us on Twitter. At MUK underscore football. Share, subscribe, review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're just going to go through Sunday chronologically. We'll just go the, the, through the sandwich uh, with morning, afternoon, and evening, starting with Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers roll through the game without much of a problem at all. It was 17 to, 17 to 0 at the half, 31 to 0 in the third quarter. Brady, 272 yards, two touchdowns. Mike Evans had a good game, 100 yards and a touchdown. Gronk gets his touchdown wide open. Don't leave Gronk wide open in the playoffs, in the end zone. Come on, Eagles. His 15th playoff touchdown. Gronk's already one of the five top touchdown scorers in playoff history behind Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, Thurman Thomas, and Franco Harris. Gets one closer to Franco Harris. He's got 15. Harris has 17. So we'll see if Gronk can can become number four in this playoff run here. Uh, Buccaneers use Keyshawn, John, Keyshawn Vaughn, Giovanni Bernard, 12 carries, touchdown apiece. The Eagles, they did not show up today. Well, you know, I'll give a little bit of credit. The Eagles defense did show up for a little bit. You know, they they went down 17 to zero at the half, but they stopped the Buccaneers like three times in a row, including a couple of crucial third down sacks, keeping it 17 to zero for a long time, both by Kerrigan. Um, you know, it might've been more of a right tackle problem. You know, the Buccaneers had Taylor Werfs go down. He tried to come back out there with a serious injury. I, I can't believe they let him back out there. He got roasted. And uh, then his then his backup come in, comes in. Troy Aikman's in the middle of saying the backup's fine, <laughs> and and that's when the backup also gets roasted by Kendrick and uh, and ends a drive, a sack of Tom Brady. I just can't believe that Worf's played on that uh, that bad. Uh, I think it's ankle or knee, but Philadelphia was was bad in in all phases of the game. You know, except for that little defensive uh, a run there in the second and third quarter. Uh, the, the Philadelphia offense did nothing at all of consequence until garbage time. Uh, special teams also wasn't very good. Uh, you know, one of the big plays in the game that kind of stopped all the momentum the defense had been gathering for the Eagles was a Jalen Rager muffed punt. Justin Jefferson would have caught that punt. Just saying. Jalen Hurts, he was a nothing. I mean, he was a nothing. Troy Aikman was great on the call. Uh uh, for Fox there. He's rightly exasperated all game long. Why are the Eagles not taking these giant cushions that the, the Buccaneers defensive backs are giving to Devonta Smith and uh, to the outside re- receivers for the Eagles? But he probably knew secretly what the answer was. The real answer is Todd Bowles was Todd Bowles, defense coordinator for the Buccaneers, was saying, yes, please throw to your outside weapons, Jalen Hurts. Try it. Try it. And Jalen Hurts cannot do that. 
He cannot do that. He cannot make NFL quarterback throws. Uh, and when he had to, uh, there was many. There was two interceptions, but there should have been a lot more. Should have been a lot more. It's a familiar Jalen Hurts experience that we've had that I've been complaining about. He gets blown out like he always is from Alabama to Oklahoma to Philadelphia. He's blown out when the important games happen. And then I posted this in the, in the third quarter after the Buccaneers went over up 31 to zero. Now is the part of the game where Jalen hurts has some garbage time touchdowns and some garbage time stats that make you forget how bad he was. And we did it again. We did it again. He ends up with 200 something yards and a couple touchdowns. Like, no, this was incompetent quarterbacking. And he's the reason they lost the game. Primarily. They're saying he's hurt now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But he's always been beaten like this. Always. Um, when it, when it matters, when he has to place, play actual competition, um, the Eagles could not rely on their great run game because they went down early and we all knew that was a recipe for disaster. Not a great day, not a great seven days for Alabama uh, football. Uh, Bryce Young loses the college football championship on Monday. Mac Jones gets blown out Saturday night uh, uh, by the Buffalo Bills. And then Jalen Hurts gets blown out Sunday morning uh, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So not a lot of success. And these Hurts and uh, Mac Jones were the first two Alabama starters or starters in the NFL that came from the College of Alabama. The first two to gain an NFL appearance as the regular starter. Yes, AJ McCarron subbed in for Dalton in 2015, but other than that, it was it's been a long time since Alabama quarterbacks went back to Richard Todd in '82. But the point is, Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts, Alabama quarterbacks, both got blown out. We thought this is going to be a new era, but it doesn't look like it. Doesn't look like it. The days of Alabama quarterbacks doing well in the NFL, Bart Starr, Joe Namath, Kenny Stabler, winning Super Bowls. Those are fading into myth. And we're starting to wonder why did the Alabama quarterbacks suck so much? <laughs> no, I'm t- there may be better days ahead for both Mac Jones and uh, um, Jalen Hurts, maybe Bryce Young, maybe Tua. Anyway, let's go to the other game, Dallas and San Francisco, San Francisco going to Dallas. I watched this game with my wife and my brother. My brother instantly called it the game of chokers. Who's going to be the last to choke in this game? Between Dak, between Jimmy G, between Mike McCarthy, between Kyle Shanahan. And it could not have been a more accurate description of this game. Uh, the game started with the 49ers dominating. They dominated the first drive. They controlled the first 20 to 25 minutes. And then they held on for dear life. It's the Kyle Shanahan way. It's the Jimmy Garoppolo way. (laughs) But they did a lot. They really looked like they were going to blow out in the beginning. But, you know, the game was there for the Cowboys to take handedly, I I think. I think the game was there for the Cowboys to win this comfortably. Um, They started to get back into the game despite their undisciplined, out-of-control, just drive-killing penalties all night, pre-snap penalties, uh, the stadium itself working against them, blinding Cedric Wilson on a crucial third down, <laughs> the punter hitting the, the scoreboard on the top there. Every time it panned to Mike McCarthy, all of these false starts, neutral zone infractions, blocks in the back, illegal shifts, just he was just so pissed. It was the best, uh, best running story that CBS had was to pan to Mike McCarthy, not happy, not happy. 
I I didn't realize how much McCarthy and Dak really blamed the refs for this. You know, McCarthy said, "I thought they I thought they would let these teams play today. That uh, that's for them to answer." And Dak said, uh, uh, after hearing that the that the uh, the fans are throwing stuff at the refs, says a credit to them, uh, referring to the fans. I really disagree. I I don't think that there were you know there were egregious calls in this game. And I am not a 49er fan, uh, so I'm, I'm working without Homer glasses here. There was there was a bad call. There was a bad holding in the first quarter that negated a big CeeDee Lamb play. That was a bad call. But the rest of them, the other like 13 calls, and some of them that ended drives and really kept them going, I, I th- they were right calls. In fact, I think there could have been even more, even more calls. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, Randy Gregory, some of the special teams, Cowboys players. I mean, they had many instances where they could have been called for a personal foul. They were chippy. They were, they were, uh, Trayvon Diggs did fully taunted a guy on the sideline by the definition of taunting that we've been doing all year uh, on a crucial play and didn't get called. Boy, good. <laughs> He got lucky on that one. He should know the rule. He should know the rule. They were undisciplined all over the place. Uh, Dak Prescott was off all night, curiously high, curiously low. Just something's not right with Dak. Maybe it's the calf. Maybe it's the shoulder. I look forward to hearing about what great injury he had all season long, unreported. Um, His interception, Dak's interception that set up the Debo touchdown. The Debo touchdown in the third quarter was just awful. Um, you know, that Dax has got the ball, game of chokers that it is. He throws it well behind Cedric Wilson. There's an interception that did not need to happen. Then the uh, 49ers handed off to Debo Samuel. Handing off to Debo Samuel today was a success. Debo was amazing in this game. But that that does um it does imply that the Dallas defense wasn't stopping the run. I, I would say that the 49ers, besides the first drive and the the times when they chose to go to Debo, I think the Cowboys defense settled down and stopped the run pretty well. It was the pass that they were giving up. Trayvon Diggs getting absolutely roasted by Brandon Ayuk. I mean, what the heck? Once for 37 yards. The other one. Oh, the other one. Um, 22 to 7. San Francisco's up. It's late in the third. Brandon Ayuk just completely roasts Travion Diggs. Turns around 10 yards of separation on Diggs. It's a big third down. He's about 20 yards down the field, and Jimmy Garoppolo just throws it over his head, well over his head, as if he's never played quarterback in his life. Game of chokers that it is, and the Cowboys get the ball back. But (laughs) Travion Diggs was toasted on that play. The 49ers should have basically put the game away right there, but instead they punt it back. Um, another big play that got Dallas back in was the Jimmy Garoppolo interception. He's rolling right. He throws another inaccurate late ball to the guy, not even necessarily guarding his target. It was just that far off. Um, and it was one, those plays were two of, of, of a few, uh, that Garoppolo threw that could have been backbreaking interceptions. You know, he, he always offers a few, um, got, you know, got to account for the variance of whether the defender is going to catch it or not. Um, Dak rushes in for a touchdown after that Jimmy G interception, and the game was close. The game ended up being close through all that, um, through all of Dallas's problems with the calls, all the things they were doing, uh, uh, the Dak interception that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo kept them in this game, and they were down only six. 
But let's not bury the lead. You know what I'm getting to. We got to break down this ending. The wild ending. It's a wild card, so it's a wild ending. It's the story of the night. And let's just go through the sequence here. Let's go through the sequence. So Dallas scores. They're within six, 23 to 17. San Francisco is up six. They're driving. There's about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. They drive it down to about three minutes. Uh, so they they get they they crop off five minutes of the fourth quarter with a couple of first downs. They get the third down, a slant route to Debo, who, again, best player on the field. And Leighton Vanderesh makes a great tackle on third down, a stellar tackle on third down. San Francisco gives it back to Dax, to Dak, back to Dak and Dallas. And there's Dallas throws a 38-yard gain to Dalton Schultz. We're going nuts here. Cowboys scored. 49ers held the ball, but they had to punt. Dallas gets a 38-yard gain. AT&T Stadium's going nuts. Dallas is going to pull this off even after all of these penalties and all of this, this mistakes. And then an inexplicable four and out. I mean, it, it, just a bad series. Dak does not look right. Uh, and, and neither does that Dallas offensive line. You know, the 49ers pass rush without Nick Bosa, without Fred Warner at this point. Uh, they kept rushing. They kept doing well. Shout out to, to defense coordinator D'Amico Ryans. The, and, and when the rush came, Dak was, he, he folded. When it got tight, he folded. He just into himself. Um, the fourth and 11 play, uh, Dak is running for his life throws up a prayer to Cedric Wilson. Why is it always Cedric Wilson? Great question. Honestly, I have suspicion. Watch that play. Watch the fourth and 11 play with about two minutes, under two minutes to go in the game. It's fourth and 11. Dak bombs it out to Cedric Wilson, who has to adjust. If you zoom out, I wonder, was he, was it actually meant for CD lamb who was coming across the field at a, at a diagonal there? If Cedric Wilson was not there, and C.D. Lamb had been able to kept going full throttle. Where was that ball going to land in relation there? I, I really wonder what would have happened there. Um, so San Francisco takes over on downs with one minute, 42 seconds left. They need two first downs to win this game. Dallas got all their timeouts. And on third and 10, Shanahan, I think they get a first down, but then they get to another one. Third and 10, Shanahan calls the reverse to Debo, who powers forward to the first down marker, looks to get it originally. But is a is inches short. By the way, any other player would have been three to four yards short. So this is no slight to Debo Samuel. He is powering through some of those players. The player that Debo reminded me of the most tonight, and this is a compliment of the highest order. Sometimes I saw Marshall Falk out there. I it was seriously impressive. Debo is the man. But he was one inch short. The 49ers get a false start. They punt it back to Dallas with 35 seconds. Dallas gets the ball moving. Passes Cedric Wilson, who laterals it to C.D. Lamb. Gain of 20 and out of bounds. Full and hearty props to that San Francisco defensive back who stayed home on C.D. Lamb. I don't know that he had a chance to crack down on C.D. Wilson, but had he had that, that defensive back gone over to, to get Cedric Wilson, and the run and shoot, the, the, the Statue of Liberty play, you know, the, the whole thing, the Boise State play would have worked. And we would have had a lamb, sideline, touchdown, classic. There's a couple alternate universes where we have CD lamb hero moments. In this 
universe. However, he is a total dud this game. But then Pollard for 10 out of bounds. Schultz for nine out of bounds. There's 14 seconds left. Dallas is 41 yards from the end zone. 14 seconds left. And Romo, who expressly calls out that the 49ers are now switching to their sideline defense. So the 49ers, they, they zoom out and they show the 49ers their players. They just want to make sure. And, Ro- and Jim Nance is saying, why weren't they doing the sideline defense before? And Jim Nance says that. And Romo says, right before this play, <laughs> I don't know if you if everyone caught this. He says, if the ball goes into the middle of the, of the field, this game is over. That's what Romo says right before Dak hikes it and runs into the middle of the field. <laughs> and he slides the 26-yard line with 10 seconds left. Dak hands it to the center, who, and I feel like this part is un- unreported, decides to spot it at the 23. Remember, Dak slided at 26, but the, the center is trying to spot it himself at the 23. Watch it. Watch it again. You'll see it. And the ref has to touch the ball. The ref has to spot this ball. And he, what he really needs to do is move it back three yards, which it didn't feel like he was going to do. So Dallas is just getting away with all sorts of stuff. They're spotting their own ball, I guess. And the ref is just in a panic. He's just running in and he, they're lined up. So he has to just force his way through Dak in the center and the guard and stumbles through and tries to get the ball back and time expires time expires and the ref the ref comes out and says that's the end of the game and then full sprint to the locker room (laughs) oh it was amazing i mean dallas completely blew it at the end here and actually if you if you look at that final play cd lamb also wasn't set you know we can dissect this thing like the zapruder film another unfortunate dallas uh, legacy. Uh, but you know, the Cowboys, bad coaching, bad execution, undisciplined Romo knew it. Why didn't they know it? And, and, you know, if they do, if, is it, if Dak does like properly hand the ball to the ref or if the center is supposed to hand the ball to the ref, we don't know who, who was responsible for that. Do they, do they get that spike off? I don't know. I don't know, but I know me, you know, and my brother were bummed that we didn't get to see a final, final attempt there, but what an ending. And again, Reminder, game of chokers, indeed. Garoppolo, Dak, Shanahan, McCarthy, someone had to win. And it was a war of attrition, too. There's some big injuries on both sides. Uh, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner for the 49ers going to Green Bay after this. Not great, not great. Well, we'll be back on Wednesday to preview the divisional round. Um, Mike McCarthy, though, just just to sum up Dallas, I'll be really interested to see what happens with the Dallas coaching situation. What happens with Mike McCarthy? What happens with offensive coordinator Kellen Moore? What happens with defensive coordinator Dan Quinn? I mean, what was this last play? So weird. There was also another weird play, the fake punt conversion. Whose fault was that? And can that person be fired? And if it was McCarthy, yes, please do it. I still don't understand the fake punt. Fourth quarter. They need to go for it on fourth down. They're, you know, they they have to do this. But instead of having the offense, they choose to bring the punt team out and fake it. And 49ers definitely knew this was coming. They had their corners. It was Josh Norman out there in coverage. Now, the fact that he gets burned by the punt gunner is a whole nother problem. How's he going to do against Devontae Adams, huh? Uh, but uh, they do the fake punt, they convert it, and then they leave the punt team out there 
to what the broadcast said was to force San Francisco to waste a timeout. I watch a lot of football. They were so casual about it. I have never, I've never seen a team take advantage of, of what you leave the punt team out there on first and 10 trying to get the other team to, to call a timeout. I, I don't get it. Every fake punt is the same. It's followed by celebration and screaming and the, and the, on the quarterback putting his helmet back on and, and running out to run first and 10. What are we talking about? Hanging them out there to make sure that, that San Francisco uses a timeout. Kyle Shanahan's defense is like, yeah, sure. Run first and 10 with your punt team. Go ahead. They didn't call a timeout. Just weird. Just weird. The Mike McCarthy team, they can blame the refs all they want. And I am no ref defender, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this was an undisciplined team. Those, those penalties were legit. And there should have been more. Should have been more because they were playing chippy and loose. Oh, Dallas. Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. All right. The other game, Kansas City versus Pittsburgh in Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. We started with a, a zero to zero first quarter. We had a Pittsburgh punt, Kansas City punt, Pittsburgh punt, Kansas City punt, Pittsburgh punt, and then Hardman returns that punt into like the the twenty two yard line or something like that. A great punt return. Mahomes throws a pick <laughs> right there. It was a TJ Watt special. Mahomes kind of rolls out to his right, tries to throw it back across his body, and TJ Watt. Probably the defensive player of the year because all the sack numbers, uh, uh, hype that he's getting, deflects it up into the air for an interception. So Kansas City slumming it with Pittsburgh. It's zero to zero first quarter. Pittsburgh punted after that anyway, by the way. <laughs> uh, and Deontay Johnson dropped a few. I mean, Deontay Johnson chastised everybody for not believing in Pittsburgh. Just fools. For, for for ruling out Pittsburgh and thinking that Kansas City was going to run. Okay, sure. But now, now can we keep that same energy with the fact that we were totally right? As he walked off the field after dropping a third down and the, and the Pittsburgh team came on to do their fourth punt. Or maybe as Deontay Johnson walked off the field after another drop and Pittsburgh came on to do their sixth punt of the day. Could you have some self-reflection? And maybe say, hey, maybe it wasn't so bad for people to report what they see. That the Steelers offense sucks. You don't deserve to get all the credit in the world just because you're you. I don't know. This is a weird stand for me to take, but I just I just feel like there, there has to be some like accountability. Like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what my point I'm making, but zero to zero punt fest was broken by Daryl Williams. Jarek McKinnon broke an exchange, the double fumble. We get it forced by Cam Hayward into TJ Watt's arms, who makes a nice burst, you know, from the melee there, and then towards the end zone for the touchdown. So Pittsburgh's on the board, seven to zero. And we're thinking, wow, this is how they do it. They definitely need a defensive touchdown to do it. Uh, and it's been zero to zero, and Kansas City's had to punt like three or four times, and they had an interception, and now we have the fumble and a touchdown, and it allowed everybody to think, hey, maybe, maybe. Pittsburgh's going to do this. Oh, boy. But that just woke up the Chiefs. Mahomes said it in the postgame thing. We came back from that with energy. Because then they poured on 35 unanswered points. Five touchdowns. Jarek McKinnon, a star of the night uh, uh, for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, skill players. 142 yards and a touchdown. Chris Collinsworth discovering 
quote this McKinnon uh, <laughs> for for the first time apparently. But we know McKinnon in our fantasy football circles, don't we? He's the the handcuff hype guy for Adrian Peterson in Minnesota for for like four years from 2014 to 2017 you wanted you wanted McKinnon if Peterson was missing the game then McKinnon signs that big deal with San Francisco tears his ACL before before week one of the 2019 season doesn't play that season doesn't play much 2020 and doesn't play much 2021 but now here he is wild card round Andy Reid saved him McKinnon looked good tonight it was fun. It was fun. We'll see what he plays if he's this year's playoff Lenny. Could do a playoff Jarek. I don't know. We'll have to we could play off Jerry? I don't know. We'll see what we coin. Pat Mahomes was fantastic. Five touchdowns. Uh, and as if to ensure symmetry with his opponent next weekend, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, one of the touchdowns had to be to an offensive lineman. <laughs> Mahomes is is uh in the divisional round again, uh, pretty cool. He's, this is his fourth year starting, and he's already climbing up the leaderboards. I mean, he has had a fantastic and hot start to his career. He he's now up to twenty one playoff passing touchdowns in this game. Twenty one career playoff passing touchdowns in this game. He passed up Warren Moon, Eli Manning, Kenny Stabler, Steve Young, Matt Ryan, and Jim Kelly. Mahomes has more touchdowns than those guys, than more than Steve Young, more than Jim Kelly. He passed them up today. He's 17th all-time now in career playoff passing touchdowns. It's unbelievable. What a start. And Kelsey caught a touchdown, threw a touchdown, 108 yards. It was just a Chiefs night. Celebration at Airhood Stadium. Going to be very, very interesting and pumped for that Buffalo game. Buffalo coming back in Arrowhead. They had a great game there earlier this year. Uh, for the Steelers, we finally say a real goodbye to big Ben Roethlisberger. His last, last game season ends the same as it did last year in the wild card round being blown out last year by the Browns this year by the chiefs. Um, unfortunately ends a decade for him and Tomlin that really is defined by early playoff exits. I mean, they have not had a lot of success from 2011 to 2021. Very minimal success. Um, but, you know, before that, he won two Super Bowls and appeared in a third. He's fifth all-time in career passing yards. Big Ben Roethlisberger. Been a pleasure to watch, my friend. Um, except for the 2005 Super Bowl. All right. Well, we will be back Monday to go over the Cardinals-Rams game. And then uh, we'll, we're also going to talk about the All-Pro team as well. So, so we'll review that game and talk about the All-Pro selections. Uh, and then Wednesday, we'll be in to preview the divisional round matchups. We're going to have a ton of fun. Let's get the playoffs going. This is where legacies are made in the moment, turning to stone. Muckle to your football show. My name is Miles, and good night. Thank <laughs> you.